New Thinking Allowed, conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with parapsychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the conflict that exists within some parapsychological circles between psychokinesis or mind over matter versus precognition or looking into the future. And uh, along the way, we'll also touch on other related concepts such as synchronicity and really a, a deeper concept, I think, that hasn't really gotten much uh, leeway, much traction yet in the parapsychological literature. I call it manifesting. Incidentally, if you watch this video till the end, if you're interested in obtaining one of these rainbow yin yang pins, these lapel pins that I wear, I'll explain to you how you can get one. Now, when I first wrote my book some 21 years ago, The PK Man, based on research that I did between 1976 and 1987 with a man named Ted Owens, who demonstrated what he called enormous psychokinetic abilities, a review of the book was published by my good friend Stephen Browdy, the philosopher an analytical philosopher, a brilliant parapsychologist, and he took issue with uh, something I wrote in the book. You see, Ted Owens, for those of you who may not know, uh, produced like 160 demonstrations, and he'd send out letters saying, I am going to cause such and such an event. I, I'm going to end a drought. I am going to cause a heat wave in the middle of winter, a cold wave in the middle of summer. I'm going to make UFO appearances occur. I'm going to stop a, a volcano. I'm going to manifest earthquakes uh, or power blackouts. I'm going to cause these things. And very often, these unusual events did occur. But in my book, I said, I'm not sure whether he did these things by precognition, that is, predicting that they would happen, or whether he actually caused them, as he said he did. And, and to make matters even more complex, if you tried to pin him down, he'd say, well, I caused it. But how I caused it was I sent a telepathic message to space intelligences, other dimensional alien beings who existed in a giant invisible UFO over the surface of the Earth. They sat at a big council where they received the telepathic messages, and then they, through their technology or whatever powers they had, they caused these events to occur. So, it was all quite complex. But Stephen Browdy, in reviewing my book, took real issue. He said, how can you make the claim that this might have been precognition? He obviously felt like he was causing, and, and he did. He, he didn't really claim to be precognitive in most instances, although in, in one or two, he actually did. He predicted, for example, that frogmen from Cuba were going to try and um, a, attack uh, or uh, swim onto shore in Key Biscayne, Florida, where Richard Nixon had had a property, and <laughs> that turned out to be true. So he had some precognitive abilities. 
But uh, Brownie felt that uh, we have to give psychokinesis more acknowledgement. And now, on the other hand, my good friend Ed May, uh, I've done multiple interviews with both Browdy and Ed May on the New Thinking Aloud channel. I encourage those of you who really want to be up on parapsychology to check them all out. Uh, and our listings page, uh, if you look in the descriptions of every video, you'll see a link to our listings page, lists every single video. Uh, Ed May tends to feel that we could boil all psychic phenomena down to precognition, seeing the future. And one way that he is able to justify that argument is pretty much by dismissing all psychokinesis as not sufficiently proven. Steve Browdy would take great umbrage at that because he, as he mentions uh, in one of our interviews, personally witnessed the table levitation when he was young. And I think he even said, we tried to pull it down, we couldn't. It stayed up of its own accord. There are many examples in the literature of unusual psychokinetic manifestations. Uh, if you look in our future upcoming releases, you'll see a video with the journalist Leslie Kane, spelled K-E-A-N, who personally witnessed spirit materialization, full-form materialization going on in seances, as well as partial materializations. Stanley Krippner has witnessed apports. Uh, we could go on and on about the um, medicine power of Native Americans, uh, shamans, for example. Many, many examples of ostensible psychokinesis. Ed May would simply say none of that has been verified in the same kind of rigorous experimental setups uh, that have demonstrated precognition over and over and over again. And uh, I know that Ed May really tried to do it. He had good funding. Uh, at the time, and he concluded that you just can't design an experiment to test psychokinesis that would rule out every possible artifact that might occur. So, uh, uh, he sort of just dismisses psychokinesis that way. And from his point of view, everything in the PK man can be explained as precognition. And I can't disagree with him on that. <laughs> Even, even, even though Browdy took umbrage at, <laughs> at my pointing that out. There are other ways to look at it. Now, Ed May has done some rigorous analysis of micro PK in which we use quantum mechanical random event generators and people try to influence them. And at the Princeton Anomalies Engineering Research Lab, the PEAR Lab, P-E-A-R, Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research. Um, you may recall we've interviewed Brenda Dunn and Roger Nelson, who worked at that laboratory, uh, and uh, it did extensive studies with uh, quantum mechanical random event generators that they interpreted as psychokinesis. 
uh, Ed May has gone back and analyzed that data. And uh, based on his statistical analysis, I don't want to go into the details now, but he says, no, the data really looks much more like precognition. That is, when people press the start button, they press it at the moment in which they are able to uh, augment the data so that they get one or two extra hits. And that's a function, he called it data augmentation theory, but it's an example of precognition. And we have many other experiments that prove or demonstrate precognition under rigorous conditions. So Ed has a point to make. But there are other ways of looking at it. You could think of it in terms of synchronicity. And Walter von Lukadu, um, in Germany, in Freiburg, Germany, is uh, both a physicist and a psychologist who has done some elegant theoretical work and experimental work in which he believes that a synchronicity model is provides a better explanation for the random event generator data than either precognition or psychokinesis. So there's that. Now, my own personal opinion is that I, I think a better word to, to express what's going on is manifesting. Each and every one of us has a responsibility to manifest our own lives. We manifest the people we are friends with. We manifest the environment in which we live. We manifest the kind of people we are. Are you the best version of yourself? That's your responsibility to manifest that. And I think we manifest things in reality itself. Reality is quite malleable. So if I'm a strong believer in precognition, I can manifest a lot of events that confirm that belief. If I'm a strong believer in life after death, I can manifest events that confirm that belief. If I'm a strong believer in the powers of magic, I can manifest that. Is it psychokinesis? Well, I think what's going on is more complex than our puny minds and our puny brains are really able to grasp because we're dealing with the mysteries of time and space. We're dealing with the mysteries of personal identity. And the truth of the matter is we are mortal humans with uh, amazing abilities, but nevertheless, uh, limited abilities as amazing as they are. So I, I think that uh, as parapsychology moves into the future, we're going to see new categories, new ways of thinking about these things. I'd also like to let you know, we're going to have an online PK party on the 16th of July with Sean McNamara. So, uh, for those of you who are interested, bring your forks and spoons. We'll see if you can uh, actually exhibit psychokinesis of that sort at that time. And let me say a few things about metal bending. I did sponsor Uri Geller's first major public appearance in the United States back in the early 1970s. We had thousands of people come to witness his performances at Zellerbach Auditorium at the University of California Berkeley campus. 
And I had Uri on my radio program on KPFA-FM many times back in those days. And one of the intriguing things that would happen is that Uri would bend spoons and, and forks using ostensible psychokinetic abilities. That was well known. Uh, controversial, you can bet. Very, even today, 50 years later, nearly, still very controversial. But what began to happen at the time is that dozens of people, even hundreds, would call into the radio station and say, oh my gosh, the clock that hasn't run for years has started running in my house. And, and the silverware is bending right in front of my eyes. This would happen all across uh, the world when Uri made his public appearances. It suggests to me that what we call psychokinetic abilities are latent in the population. And people just need a little bit of permission to express those abilities. That's why we're, people began. Jack Houck is the man who started PK parties and it became a fad. Uh, across uh, the United States and elsewhere, that when people come together in an atmosphere of fun and carefree, uh, relaxed ability, things happen. Metal starts bending. And, and what people experience is that the metal becomes soft. So it, it requires no real muscular force. And people find that they can take the tines of a fork and twist them and, and, and curl them up and uh, do things that would be impossible if it were rigid metal. Happens uh, widely. So on the, uh, July 16th, check our ear listings when we do the live PK party, it's going to be at 9 a.m. Mountain Time, USA Mountain Time. I might also mention, uh, considering psychokinesis, uh, on the 14th of July, I'm going to release an interview with Carolyn Corey because she's produced a new documentary called Superhuman from the invisible to the visible. And Carolyn is a very gifted healer who also has psychokinetic abilities. And she demonstrates long-distance psychokinesis, a, a rather rigorous scientific setup on this documentary. It's going to be publicly released on July 14th, which is the same day I'm going to release the interview with Carolyn. And you'll be able to see a psychokinetic demonstration there. Sean McNamara, who will be with us live in a live stream, YouTube live stream on the 16th, is part of that documentary. So, really, the <laughs> psychokinesis is beginning to uh, come more to the fore. You know, when I first published the PK man, people encouraged me to, you know, tell us how to do psychokinesis. And I wanted to discourage people. In fact, when Ted Owens uh, gave, when I went through the Ted Owens training on psychokinesis, and he said, how do you want to use this? I realized I had no interest in making storms appear or uh, calling up UFOs. <clears throat> I said, I want to manifest a life in which I am able to communicate the realities of the esoteric and psychic world to the public at large. And I guess my being here with you right now is an example of that manifestation. But wait, 
I did promise you that I would let you know how you can obtain a lapel pin if you want one. We used to have them for sale on the New Thinking Aloud Foundation website. That is newthinkingaloud.org. They're only $12.99 plus shipping. It wasn't working for quite a while. I disabled the shopping cart. We couldn't even figure out shipping costs, but because of our helpful volunteers, we have it up and running now. So if you go to newthinkingaloud.org and click on the tab at the upper uh, end of the uh, website for donating, I'd love to have you donate, but if you'd like to just purchase one of these from the donate button, there you can get into the shop and there you can find uh, a few other items, including these pins, and they'll be available for you. Now, let me leave you with this question. How are you manifesting in your life? Are you experiencing precognitive abilities? Can you see into the future? Do you think the future has already happened so you can see it? Or uh, perhaps you're like my friend Christian De Quincey who says, you can't predict the future because it hasn't happened yet. How is it working for you? Or are you sort of synchronistically flowing through your life? Think about these things and thank you for being with me.